Good day, good day, good day, everyone. I am so excited about today's conversation, simply because there's a number of things going on in our little universe here. And one of them has to do with why we're going to talk about shedding your corporate bitches so you can create riches in your work and life. And that is because as of this particular episode, shedding the bitch, which has been around for 12 years, <laughs> is now going to really laser focus in on shedding the corporate bitch. And I want to share with you exactly why that is. But more importantly, I want to share with you my story, my origin story that kind of brought me to this very moment in time and why I thought it was really um, important uh, in helping those, specifically those corporate executives, corporate professionals, to really uh, work on identifying their, their bitches of fear, insecurities, negativities, and doubts that might be holding them back and being that powerhouse leader that they're meant to be in their work and in their life. And so as of today, our show is now called Shedding the Corporate Bitch. Now, of course, if anyone else that are entrepreneurs or stay-at-homes want to join in, we're certainly going to welcome you. Um, however, you might also hear conversations each week that really touch on what it means to be a leader, what it means to be a powerhouse, and what is keeping one from being just that, and not only an individual leader, but you're t as a team leader, as a business leader, and how does it affect not only yourself, but your employees, your team members, and overall the company. So we're going di to be diving into all of that as well as have expert guests with us um, various times throughout the month, each month. So be sure that you are checking us out and you are following us on any one of your podcasting streaming services. Ball of Fire Coaching. And I have a uh, real keen focus on what it really takes to be a powerhouse leader, just based on not only my 25 years in corporate, um, which I'll share with you a little bit about, but also as a result of the last uh, 12, 14 years of being out, of my, uh, out on my own. And now I'm blending the two to really help those corporate leaders be the powerhouses they're meant to be. Um, but like I said, I want to share with you my story so you can relate, possibly relate, and then provide you some tips and advice and sometimes tough love in order for you to be that powerhouse yourself. All right? So sit back. And if you have any comments, if you have a question, if you're dealing with something yourself, you can always leave um, a comment wherever you might be seeing this on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. At the same time, I'm also watching uh, the chat room out on Blog Talk Radio where we are broadcasting live. So I'm here live. So you can also call 1-818-572-2910 if you also want to talk with me. And I should have put that in the list, shouldn't I? So let me just do that really quick. I don't have uh, Deborah or Alex with me today. So let me just do this really quick so you have it. Uh, 1-818-572-2910. I think I'll get that. Uh, 2910. So that's for any of those of you listening and or watching us. Uh, you can reach out while we're here live. All right. 1-818-572-2910. Uh, 
Okay, so I'm just going to sit back and, you know, kind of have this to be a very, you know, kind of conversational um, discussion uh, that then, again, if you want to jump in, please do. And I will also be sharing tips and advice um, for you as far as how I was able to shed my bitches of fear, insecurities, doubts, and negativities, and really go out and find and create the riches that I so craved in my work and my life. So let me back us up a little bit. Uh, so I did spend 25 years in corporate America. It was, I, you know, in various positions, um, a good part of it was as an executive, um, as a corporate executive. And I found myself on the Monday after Thanksgiving, you know, that Monday after Thanksgiving, it's been a long holiday weekend and you kind of drag yourself into work <laughs> and yet you're also excited about the holidays coming. So here I was, I was all pumped up and energized. I had some great projects and initiatives going on and I was really excited to get into work and meet with my boss and have a conversation about just what, what we're about to roll out, not only um, at the beginning of the year, but even to finish up the year with a bang. So here I go racing into uh, the office first thing that Monday morning, and yet 30 minutes later, I found myself in the parking lot with a pink slip in my hand and the words, you're fired, echoing in my ears. Now, for many people, you know, they would probably stand there with that single box of their 25-year corporate career and be very, you know, pissed and angry. And I certainly was. I certainly was. But at the same time, I just was very confused. I was very perplexed. Uh, and there was an element of me that was also relieved and even excited. And yet none of it made sense. Because here I was losing my 25-year career, um, my self-identity, uh, let alone the job, the income, uh, and what I always considered to be my riches at the time, which was power, position, and prosperity. And I didn't understand why. Now, the kicker of this whole thing is that I was fired by my mentor of 12 years. So I knew instantly that there had to be more to it than just the fact that I, you know, I was losing my job. There had to be key reasons behind just corporate changes, going out, you know, the company going public. Um, and I needed to really kind of dig deep to understand why that is. Because as angry, as pissed, as disappointed, as shocked, as perplexed and confused as I was, this element of being relieved and excited caused me to realize, even in that split second, to recognize that there, there was more to it. And not, of any, not about external factors, but more so internal factors. There had to be more to it where I was, all the natural things one would feel when they're, they're fired, but more so why I was somewhat relieved and very excited. 
And so I kind of went off immediately, whereas some people might take some time off. <laughs> uh, that's just not in my, that's just not in my uh, sphere of, of consciousness. I immediately went off and started my own business. So at the same time, the number one goal that I now had as I was making this transition was I needed to figure out what happened. And not just by asking and being given some reason um, and or even excuse, but and rational rationality, I needed to figure out for myself, why did this happen? How did it happen? Why did I lose everything? Why did my mentor of 12 years not protect me and not take care of me? What was that about? Because as much as, like I said, I was angry and pissed, I also... I, I was disappointed, but I, I wasn't holding it against him because there was a part of me that just sensed that there was more to it, but, and it, it had to do with me, not necessarily with him or the organization. So I went off as I went and heads down into starting my own business. I knew I wasn't going back to corporate uh, because obviously I didn't do well as much as I you know, as I climbed the corporate ladder, I was a C-level executive. I was a vice president. I contributed greatly. I produced significantly. And yet at the same time, there was a reason why, you know, I lost my 12-year career with this, this specific company, but my 25-year career overall. And so I just had instantly decided I'm not going back to corporate and I'll go back, go on my own and try to figure this out. So over the coming months, I really dug deep. And have any of you ever really truly um, kind of sat in front of a mirror, literally or figuratively, and dug deep, what I call now excavating my soul? Uh, I was blessed that uh, my father had uh, instilled in me a love for journaling. He always carried around a little notebook in his, in his pocket um, and just took notes and, you know, made record of, you know, even where we ate and how much it cost because he had 12 children on one of 12. And so that was his way of really recording exactly, you know, what he needed to know and understand, you know, for the next outing um, or for the next place he wanted to go or the next um, grocery list that needed to be made. And so he kind of passed that on to me uh, and I took up journaling probably around the age of eight. And I, you know, it was called a diary then. Uh, but I would, you know, blank book after blank book after blank book, I would just purge, I would just excavate my soul in, and purge it into journals. And that's what I did over the coming weeks and months. And so as I did, I really was trying to kind of wrap my head around and reconcile um, what it ha had happened. And I was running scenarios, you ever kind of are working through a problem, working through an opportunity, maybe a decision, maybe a, um, a series of events that occurred, and you run them over and over and over again in your head as if it's a film playing. So I just ran through my head, through my mind, uh, years and years and years of interactions and encounters and situations and, um, and just episodes of my contribution to my role, to my responsibility, uh, to the people around me, 
to my work and to my life. I just started kind of rerunning my whole life, trying to figure out, you know, what went wrong? What, what went askew? What, what, why did I land up in that parking lot that particular day? And it turned out that one day I was out on a jog with my uh, puppy at the time. He was probably eight, but I always call him a puppy, but Charlie. And he was a very tall, beautiful Labradoodle. And so the two of us would go out on runs and uh, we were, we were out on a run and I was kind of running through my, my mind, all these encounters and events and experiences um, as if it was a, as if it was my life on film uh, replaying. And as I did, I all of a sudden came face to face with the whole reason why I had been fired from my job of 12 years or and my career 25 years. It, I just came face to face with her. And when I did, I fell to my knees right there on the ground in this park in a pool of shame and disgust and humiliation and embarrassment and hurt, uh, just every negative, every role, every disgusting emotion you can feel about yourself, I felt it and just pour it poured out every cell of my body right there in the middle of this park on the ground with my dog standing over me, people walking by me, not wanting to engage, but at the same time, one or two would say, are you all right? And I would kind of just kind of, you know, um, brush them off. And I kind of just said to myself, holy crap, I was the nastiest corporate tyrant bitch that anybody would ever want to encounter and yet it was also a being that I enjoyed being for those many years and what I mean by that is I started really looking at the fact that oh my gosh I was this tyrant of a woman tyrant of a manager tyrant of a of a boss of a friend of a lover of a sister of a daughter and at the same time, a great amount of whatever it was that I was projecting, that nastiness I was projecting, I actually liked and actually got off on because it gave me a power that I so desperately wanted but didn't feel as if I was worthy or deserving of. Does that make sense? Can you, any of you relate to kind of masking yourself putting up those guards, putting up those facades um, because you're trying to protect yourself, uh, you know, from the world. You're actually trying to protect yourself from the world seeing your true self, which I later, as I kept excavating, I later really acknowledged and discovered that I was just extremely insecure. I was extremely intimidated I was um, feeling unworthy and undeserving of what I had. And I just wanted to protect myself from anybody being able to get close to and 
visible of all of those of all of those um, various parts of me. And so I put on this facade of this very tough, aggressive, curt, demeaning, abrasive, um, bully type of individual. And yet the reason why I laid there in that pool of disgust and shame and embarrassment and humiliation, that's the word I was looking for earlier, um, was because of the fact that I had also realized in that moment that that wasn't me. That wasn't me. I wasn't that that type of person. As a matter of fact, if if I looked back at when I was 8, 10, 12, 14, even my my high school yearbook, you know, it would say sassy, precocious, fun, loving, gregarious. All these, you know, very positive, uplifting you know, um, descriptions as opposed to all this negative heaviness. And so, you know, I just started to weed through all of this as I'm, you know, journaling in it, journaling it, I'm recording it. I am just sitting with it and feeling through it. Um, and it was both painful and very, very um, liberating. And so as I was going through this process, as I was starting my business, as I was um, trying to kind of begin to make amends and to begin to shift to become the person that I really wanted to be um, is when I also realized that I am not alone when it comes to masking one's fears, insecurities, negativities, doubts about themselves. And therefore, um, this was 2008 that I'd mentioned that I was fired and, and um, left corporate. And so in late 2009, I decided that I was going to write the right and write a book about my journey and my story in order then to help other people that I knew was probably going through um, similar, similar experiences, similar transitions, similar um, transformations, both from the positive to the negative and the negative to the positive, from what I call from bitch to rich and from rich to bitch. And so I sat down, I started sitting down in early 2010 and started writing. Now, it's also where Shedding the Bitch initial internet radio show um, came from, is I thought, all right, so it's going to take me a, a year to write and publish this book. So what can I do in the meantime to share my story and help those that might be struggling with the same thing? And now I, you know, I can't even take formal credit for where this, where this brand came from. Um, and so to share that is I was at a conference out in Vegas, an entrepreneurial conference. There was probably about 1,200 people there. And I was going through the week. It was a very long week. I was probably there for eight or nine days that the day started at six in the morning, didn't end until like midnight, and you just go, 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 go. And I, by Friday, I had been out there since 
um, Saturday before. By Friday, I was just burned out and absolutely fried. And along the way, through this um, conference, you are introducing yourself constantly in the, what was what is formally called a snap. And I'll save that for another day, but it's a, just a very snappy 30-second uh, introduction of yourself. And they set, they had set up very uh, intentional, um, you know, um, events and situations and encounters to where you are snapping probably 200 times a day. So considering seven days a week. So by Friday, I was just done. I was fried. I didn't want to talk to anybody. And I sat down at lunch. Um, and I sat down at lunch. The table goes around for these snaps. I do mine. They move on. And a young lady sits down next to me in the empty seat. And she says, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry I'm late. I missed your snap. Would you mind sharing it? And I just broke down in just pure exhaustion and emotion and just just uh, exhaustion. And I said, yes, I do mind. I said, and she's like, oh, I'm, you know, she's, and she, it, it kind of caught her off guard. And she's like, are you all right? You know, what's going on? And I simply just said to her, uh, in te through tears, I simply said, I've just, you know, shedded this corporate bitch that I've been for, been for so long. And now I'm really, really, really happy. And I don't know what to do about it. And she just kind of like stopped and she's like, well, wait a minute. You know, that's a book. I'm like, what's a book? She's like that, that, that shedding the corporate bitch you just said, that's a book. That's a way of, you know, you being able to share your story and help other people kind of prevent going down the path that you took is, you know, isn't that what you want to do? And I said, yes. And she's like, well, then there you go. And so that is where both the book title shedding the corporate bits came from, but then shedding the bitch became the, the podcast in 2010, simply as a marketing vehicle uh, for my journey through writing the book. And when I published it, I was expecting just to kind of, you know, have the podcast go away. And yet 12 years later, here we are, here we are. Now, in that you might have noticed that my book was called Shedding the Corporate Bitch. And yet the podcast started as Shedding the Bitch. And that was really because and maybe any of you can relate to this. That was because through my excavating of my soul, um, and realizing the person and the woman and the leader that I was during corporate, I didn't want to go back and work in corporate because of the fact that I was triggered so much at the time and did not want to be triggered back into being that type of, of woman. And so even from a business per, uh, perspective, I started my business right off the bat without even thinking twice, totally targeting entrepreneurs and not working in the corporate world, even though despite having published the book and um, having it, you know, be considered, you know, a, a very good, raw, 
um, transparent lessons learned type of book for anyone that's in corporate. Uh, I just made the decision for myself that I needed to get to a point where I was ready and that I was fully, you know, had fully shed the type of woman that I had been in the past um, and the type of leader I was in the past. And until that point, I would not be, I would not be engaging, not be marketing, not be targeting uh, the corporate world. So my focus was completely on entrepreneurs and therefore the podcast uh, was born shedding the bitch as opposed to shedding the corporate bitch. Now, fast forward probably 10, 11 years, and the next thing you know, I found myself a couple of years ago uh, by referral mainly being pulled into the corporate environment, uh, recognizing that, yes, I have you know tons of experience, expertise, lessons learned, best practices, do's and don'ts, you name it, uh, when it comes to really understanding um, why people operate and why people do what they do, why they say what they say, why they act the way they're acting. And therefore, I really threw myself into really understanding the psychology of, of people. Um, not that I went and got a psychology degree, but more so just human behavior, human words, human actions, human influences that cause people to either be one of riches or one of bitches. And so bitches in my world are not, you know, individuals. They're not people. They are any individuals, insecurities, fears, negativities, doubts, feelings of low self-worth, feelings of low self-esteem. Those are the bitches that I focus on that I recognize many are consumed with uh, and they project it out into the world. And that projection is either helping them or hindering them. And in most cases, it's hindering them significantly at work and in their home life. And so it's kind of come full circle for me when it when it uh, when I look back and realize that, you know, yes, people can change and they can change drastically. And it's come full circle from me being that young, precocious, uh, compassionate, loving, friendly, fun, engaging, collaborative young girl to that corporate tyrant. And then back to finding that young, precocious, compassionate, empathetic, you know, collaborative, engaging uh, woman uh, to where now I can use everything that I've learned, you know, even from the time when I was very young uh, to today to help those specifically um, in corporate America. But at the same time, I do have, you know, quite a large docket and network of um, entrepreneurial and stay-at-home clients and friends and acquaintances and peers and colleagues. So um, that's kind of, you know, the full circle. But the number one question I'm always asked when it comes to this whole idea of shedding the corporate bitch is how did I do it? Like, how did I change? Um, a lot of people out there believe you can't change. I was 
having a, um, I was actually having a uh, presentation being done. Um, uh, this was probably six or seven years ago. And so the room, you know, was quite large, quite full. And a gentleman at the back of the, of the room raised his hand and asked, do you really believe people can change? And I kind of just at first just looked at him because here I was for the last 45 minutes explaining the transformation that I had been through, and yet there was still doubt. And that spoke to me greatly because I thought to myself, you know, I, I even coach and train today on the fact that one's perception is their reality. And it is very challenging. It is very difficult to change one's perception. It's not impossible. So, for instance, I had to really work at on myself first, but then I had to, you know, model it in order for even people in my network to realize that, yes, indeed, I have changed, I have transformed, I have shed, um, because, again, people's perception is their reality, and therefore, one's behavior, especially if it's over years and decades, um, is hard to change one's perception, but yet it's not impossible. Now, the one thing that I stress, and I stress to this gentleman, too, is it's not up to me, the person who's changing. So it's not up to you if you're changing and you're working on changing into the person you want to be. It's not up to you if anybody else accepts you, if anyone else sees that transformation, if anyone else accepts your changes that you're going through and the work that you've done. It, I mean, you because you can't control how they perceive you because their perception is their reality. And if they don't want to see or believe something, then they're not going to. So you can't be worried about that. I can't be worried about that. And that's the message that I gave this gentleman during this presentation is that, yes, I absolutely know that people can change. And yet I also know that I won't change anyone's perception by telling them. It's going to all be through the actions that I take, the behaviors that I demonstrate, um, and the words that I use, as opposed to, you know, working to convince someone of something, because that that's just, just doesn't happen. Uh, and it shouldn't happen. You can, you know, say all you want, yes, I've changed, but if you're, you know, if you can't back it up with your behavior and your actions and your words, then there's no reason for anyone to trust that you in, indeed have. Does that make sense? Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. I'm just going to take a look over here real quick. Uh, so, um, you know, that's one thing to keep in mind. And it's one thing that I'm asked about quite, quite a bit is can people really change? And if so, how did you do it, Bernadette? Now, my book, Shedding the Corporate Bitch, um, is a personal memoir, and it does provide tips and advice and some affirmations and even a, um, a corporate bitch test um, that you can take. And you can always find the book on Amazon.com. Uh, and, 
yet at the same time, at the same time, I, you know, I am being asked, okay, so what was your process? What did you go through? And I did. I went through uh, what I learned later and started recognizing, I would say, six, seven years in, is that I did go through stages, almost like the stages of grief. I did go through stages. Um, and this is what I want to share with you as a tool that you could be using should you not really like and want where you are and what you're doing um, and you want to move forward and you do want to excavate your soul and create a transformation and shift your bitches to riches in your work and life. All right. Um, so let me just uh, grab some water real quick. Um, so what that would look like is it would look as if I call it my shift to riches formula. And the five stages are discover, confront, and shed so you can create and accelerate. All right? Discover, confront, and shed so you can create and accelerate. Um, let me break down each one of those. And again, this is a tool, sometimes simple, sometimes it has to go deep. Uh, but it's a tool that you could be using on a daily basis. And initially, it might feel very deep and heavy and involved. And it should be. But over time, if you're using it on a regular basis, like I use it daily, then it becomes almost second, second nature. All right? So the first one is discover. Um, I don't know about you, but I know prior to this process of excavating my soul, as much as I did journal, I didn't necessarily journal to really answer questions about myself, um, to really learn about myself, to really become um, transparent in who I was and who I wanted to be and who I didn't want to be. It was just more just scribbling how I was feeling, how I was you know, what I was thinking, what I was doing. It was just a conglomeration of a lot of things. So in 2008, 2009, it was the first time I intentionally set out to really ask myself some hard questions. And so I, I would suggest at any point in time, whether you're 20 or 70, um, it's always good to become very self-aware of who you are, who you want to be, and who you don't want to be, okay? So the first thing around discovering is there's some simple questions you could ask yourself to really dig in to create a baseline almost around who you are. So the first question would be, who are you? Who are you? Who am I is the way you want to put it. Um, who am I? Now, this isn't about, oh, well, I'm a, you know, I'm a single woman, I'm, you know, at 60, live in Atlanta, Georgia. I mean, you can certainly work your way in and start writing almost like a biography about yourself. That's full of, you know, of um, statistics, I was going to say, but facts and geogra ge geographic information, demographic, psychographic type of information. But you also want to go deeper. Like, who are you? What do you stand for? What are your values? What are your beliefs? Um, what do you stand for? 
you know, so really dig into who am I? Uh, and then you could ask yourself, who do I want to be? Because just like me in 2008, I certainly didn't want to be that person anymore. So it wasn't a bad thing for me to ask myself, who am I? And then who do I want to be? Uh, and then I added on to that, which I would suggest, who do I not want to be? And that was easy. I was like, you know, I knew um, after months, but I knew exactly who I did not want to be. And then you could just continue on asking those type of questions. Um, what do I want? What do I not want in my life? Who do I want in my life? What type of relationships, do, you know, are important to me? Uh, what are the experiences and the encounters and the adventures that I want to, I want to live through? I want to feel. I want to take part in. So there's just there's a ton of questions that you could be asking yourself in the discover phase. And if you need anything um, in regards to that, then you know please reach out on BallofireCoaching.com, and I'm more than happy to send you. Uh, something that can get you started in really walking through your shift to riches formula. All right. So the next one would be confront. There's going to be a lot of stuff there. There's going to be a lot of stuff there. And so what you want to be sure of is you're looking at both the, what I'll call the bitches and the riches. You want to look at those things that you're not really wanting to kind of hold on to what I call, you know, you're eventually going to shed and those things that are wonderful about you, those riches that are wonderful about you. So you want to confront both of them. It's really easy when, when I ask as a coach, when I ask someone, Oh, you know, so, you know, what do you like about yourself? Eh, that's really hard. What do you not like about yourself? Oh, they just start scribbling like you would not believe. Well, that's not fair. That's not fair to you at all. And therefore, if you really want to learn how to love yourself and how to really appreciate who you are, then you want to um, confront your bitches and honor your riches. Okay? So look at both of them. List out all the things that you might not like about yourself, all the things that you do like about yourself, and confront both of them. And then in the shed phase, what you're going to want to do is then look, especially the what you don't like about yourself, what, and it's not only about you, it's also who, what, where, when, and how. So what is it about yourself? Um, what is it about other people? What is it about other places, other things, you know, that either, either fill you or drain you, okay? Uh, so look at all of it. And in the shed phase, decide of that, those things that you don't like or those people or those places or those things, then make a decision around how to shed them out of your life. Start inward and then go external. And what I mean by inward is it's easier for you to start working on yourself than it is other things. Unless you're, unless you're, it's easier for you to go the opposite way, but people have a hard time recognizing that, you know, there are some people in my life that aren't working for me that aren't, you know, really helpful to who I am and who I want to be. They don't support me. They don't lift me. They don't inspire me. They, they don't motivate me. But they're my family. They're my best friend. They're my, you know, bed partner. They're my boss. It's the company I work for. And so it's much harder for people to make decisions about shedding those things. So I always say, okay, then start working on yourself. 
What is it about yourself you want to you want to start kind of shedding out of your life? What are those insecurities? What are those fears? What are those doubts? What are those beliefs you have about yourself? What what are those things or where what events and and you know encounters are creating that feeling of low self-worth or not deserving um, or imposter syndrome, what, you know, look at all of those, confront all of those and make a decision to start working on shedding them from shedding those excuses, shedding those old stories, shedding those belief systems out of your being. Um, And then I want you to look at your riches And I want you to hold on to them and I want you to say to yourself, okay, so I need to not only honor these, but I need to hold on to these and use these to help me shed and to help kind of comfort me and protect me as I'm going through the shedding or excavating of your soul, but the shedding of those things in my life that aren't working for me. Okay? So, excuse me. We're going to hear that a couple of times uh, before we wrap up, but that's okay. Um, So that's discover, confront, and shed. And then what what I will, what you will be experiencing, even as you start discovering, even as you start confronting, you're going to start wanting to create new goals, new aspirations, new adventures, new things in your life. You're going to want those type of things to, you know, those type of new things to come into your, into your universe. And therefore, um, what I would suggest you do there is, excuse me, is you start redefining what it is that you want and creating those new goals and, and kind of creating those um, new experiences for yourself, even before, even before you were to, you know, go through each phase. You don't have to wait until you've discovered and then confronted and shed it in order for you to create whatever it is that you want. You might decide that you want to start creating new things as you're even initially going through the initial stages. Um, So create. And then the accelerate is all about the fact that once you start really experiencing and feeling, really feeling the changes and the, the effect of those changes and that transformation that you're going through, you're going to want to, you're going to want to kind of put the pedal to the metal uh, and just accelerate the successes that you're realizing, the happiness that you're feeling, the joy that's coming into your world. You're going to want to, to make it bigger and better and different and new. And so, Again, it's not a linear thing. It's iterative. So as you're discovering and confronting, and it's all of a sudden in those phases, you're already creating something different, something new, something bigger and better. Um, you might even realize that as you're doing that and you're achieving more and you're uh, feeling more, that then you want to just put it on turbo and continue accelerating all of that that you're experiencing. You know, if had you, uh, anyone told me in 2008, as I was standing there in the middle of the parking lot with that pink slip in my hand, that not only would I start my own business and have it 12, 14 years later, not only would I, you know, write a book, but then I would take that book and I would turn it into a podcast, into a screenplay, into a whole um, business 
suite of services um, into so much, many other experiences and adventures in my world, I would have told you you were nuts. I would have told you, no, no, I was very comfortable where I was. Um, and yet, uh, you know, I also realized that that wasn't really what I wanted. I wasn't really happy. When I started looking back and really, you know, excavating, I just acknowledged to myself that that wasn't what was making, what was going to make me happy. Everything that I've been doing this past 12 years um, has been so much more powerful and so much more rewarding and so much more rich than I could ever imagine from my previous life. Even though my previous life gave me a beautiful home, a nice size bank account, you know, stability on a, on a regular basis, it just never fulfilled what I truly want and what I truly was meant to do and what I was truly meant to serve and how I was to serve. And so I had to go through all of that um, in order to find myself here today uh, sharing with you and really feeling grateful and blessed um, of all those trials and all those situations that I, that I went through and I had to go through in order to reach today. So that's where the whole, you know, from discovering to confronting to shedding, you're creating and accelerating exactly the life that you want for yourself, exactly the riches that you deserve. And so I would just hope that um, through my own story, through my own lessons learned and best practices, um, that they can help you not only here today, um, but, you know, as we go forward with shedding the bitch, um, ex changing, transforming into shedding the corporate bitch. Uh, and I'll have to, you'll have to excuse me if I don't quite get it. Um, and remember to call it shedding the corporate bitch right off the bat. But, um, you know, as we all go, go forward together as a community, uh, I am here to really help you go, go through your path and really help you make the shifts, make the changes that you want so you can create the riches in your work and life that you so, so, so deserve. And so with the new birth of shedding the corporate bitch, our intention here will be um, through myself and through expert interviews to really give you the tools, tips, and advice that you can use immediately in order to become that powerhouse leader in your work and in your life. And so that is our, that is our goal and our mission. And I hope you want to follow along and, uh, you can do that on our Shedding the Bitch, Shed the Bitch TV YouTube channel, um, on Apple and Spotify or anywhere you get your podcasts. You can check out past episodes, obviously, there, but you can also go to SheddingTheBitch.com to see our past episodes. Now, you can certainly go to BallofFireCoaching.com, and there there's also um, three must-have myths to be successful. So through all of my experiences um, especially over the last 12 or 14 years, but also and more so in my 25 years of corporate, there had always been some basic myths or basic beliefs, base, basic um, concepts that um, the business world wanted you to adhere to and follow along 
wanting you to know that or believe that those were the things that you were going to have to do in order to be successful. You know, you're going to have to work hard. You are going to have to um, leave your emotions at the door and several other things. And so what I wanted to do is I wanted to kind of paint some reality on that and bring it into, you know, 2022. So I, wrote a very short and sweet, a powerful um, ebook uh, called Three Must-Have Myths to Be Successful. And so you can go to ballafirecoaching.com to download that. All right. So I am so excited about the, the opportunities that we have to collaborate together and really um, watch each other kind of grow and transform and create those riches. Um, in our lives that we want. And I'll look forward to having you right back here next Tuesday at noon Eastern time for another episode of Shedding the Corporate Bitch. (laughs) See you then, everybody. Bye.